I'm Alec. And I'm Zach. And And you're listening listening to A to Z Discussions. Welcome back to the podcast and hey, we got some more Attack on Titan content for everybody. But before we get into that, Zach, how have you been? I've been good, man. Yeah, it's been nice watching some more Attack on Titan, uh, more than just like those little tidbits that we get every single week of the fourth mm-hmm. season. So I've been happy about that. Uh, but, you know, it's been kind of a slow week. Nothing a whole crazy, not a whole lot's been happening to me. Uh, but an interesting thing that's happening right now is in Georgetown, they're actually filming an HBO series, a new one. Oh. Uh, it's going to be called Love and Death, and it stars Elizabeth Olsen, uh, Wanda, or Scarlet Witch from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was driving because uh, we played basketball at lunch today, and I drove through, like, Georgetown Square, and it's kind of cool. Like, I looked to the right where they had, like, all the square closed off while I was driving through, mm-hmm. and they had, like, these huge lighting panels. They had like a bunch of like the crew out there. There were like cop cars and a lot of security kind of around the perimeter. So no civilians could get in. And uh, all the parking spots like around the square, they had filled them with these old like vintage 70s and 80s cars. So definitely something unique to see. Uh, And it's kind of weird that, you know, Elizabeth Olsen is probably here in Georgetown right now. And I could have been like driving through as she was acting a scene. So pretty surreal. but. I feel like that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> nah, yeah, it's awesome, dude. Dang, there's like a whole show with a star celebrity just hanging out in the same town. <laughs> yeah, that nah, was weird, but definitely yeah. cool. That, that is crazy. Um, but yeah, to think like you could be watching an episode like a year from now or whatever, six months, whenever the first episode drops and like you're like, I was driving. That, like, you remember like the weather outside or something? <laughs> uh-huh, like the overcast weather. It's yeah. Like, maybe this was filmed on the day I drove through. <laughs> it had to be, right? That's That's crazy. Or, I mean, you would know because of the, I mean, they could pick whatever scene or whatever, but like if they, if it has a scene of like the square or whatever, you would see it in the show and be like, Hey, I recognize that place. Oh yeah, for sure. And they definitely will. So I think I might have to watch at least a few episodes just to, you know, pick out the, the landmarks that I do know (laughs) from my own walkthrough of the square. Dude, that's wild. That's actually crazy. I didn't know that. I mean, nothing like that's happening down here. So (laughs) no, or has happened (laughs) to my knowledge in the time that I've been there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, but I haven't been doing too much either. Um, I've been like, you know, wanting more attack on Titan content. I mean, like my, my TikTok feed is just like attack on Titan memes, whether Uh it's like a, like a funny meme, whether it's not even related to attack on Titan, they're just using the rumbling thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, like there was one where it was just some guy, like, it's like, me and like nobody or whatever and he's like singing the attack on titan theme song like really like passively like while he's like writing notes or like washing the dishes or something he's like if i lose it all lose it all. dude it's been stuck in my head for weeks dude, <laughs> such I know. a good I say, song though <laughs> I say it every day it's just i mean i do it ironically but not you know it's like part of, it's like a part of me now because it's so <laughs> funny mm-hmm. um and i'll listen to it on my way to work every morning turn it on <laughs> Jeez. Like, oh, it gets me hype hype for the day <laughs> I'll have to admit that uh, sometimes before I'm doing like the bench press uh, during my morning workouts, I'll put it on just to like hype me up too. It helps me yeah, push dude. through. You're like Aaron Yeager is coming for everyone. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I always think of the scene. We could talk about it because we've kind of like spoiled a little bit of season four, part one. But mm-hmm. I always think about the scene when he like erupts through the stage 
and eats a willy tiber <laughs> in mm-hmm. season four part one and then just goes on like that rampage in marley that's like the scene i always think about to like motivate me <laughs> i don't know why but like it's <laughs> just like, so epic it's like uh, every time you feel a bit of pain you think you're about to like transform into a titan and you're just yeah. like, I'm gonna rip everybody to shreds exactly <laughs> that's hilarious um yeah um you were talking to me about the ovas and i like kind of had an idea about what they were because like like of youtube and i would see like clips of things that i'd never seen before mm-hmm. um like in the first episode where like that titan like starts speaking right um i like saw stuff because of like like ymir or amir um like fan theories and things like that and that episode comes up quite a bit because of like you know like that titan thought that um uh this lady was somebody important or like was Emir or like he was like bowing to her or whatever. So I like knew of them. I didn't know like where to find them. And then I finally got Crunchyroll recently because I started a, I bought my own subscription just so I could watch Attack on Titan. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'd never watched anime. So I was borrowing my friends (laughs) and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to spend the money to do it on my own because I'm, I'm enjoying it. And um, I found them and they're under OADs because you call them OVAs and that's kind of what I know, known them as. And then it says OADs. And I know before the podcast, we were like complaining about like what even is an OAD or right. whatever. Uh, but basically they mean the same thing, but uh, we're not going to go into all that because it doesn't really matter. Um, but I found them. So then I watched those eight episodes after you told me about them and they were honestly pretty fantastic. And what I enjoyed the most was like the it kind of it kind of was nostalgic to go back to a, a time where the titans were you we didn't know what they were and the characters didn't really know what they were and it was like new content from that time zone you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and like the gruesome aspect of like how scary the titans are and like how like messed up it is like when like your friends get perished from one of these giant crazy looking things like that whole um atmosphere it was something i was missing from this new one because it seems like it's like people on people's like war you know, like season four, it's like more war, people on people and the conflict between like humanity itself. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is good. This takes us back to a, a caveman time where people are fighting Titans. Just the good old days. <laughs> yeah, it was cool to be thrown uh, back into that. And we yeah. even see some of the old characters, too. Like Marco was featured in episode three. And yeah. you look back on it, you're like, oh, so sad. Poor Marco. Like, it's Poor very Marco, unfortunate yeah. what happened to him because he was such a nice guy. But it's also cool just to see, like, the whole crew that you know and love back in their more carefree days, right? Mm-hmm. When their only problem was fighting the Titans. And, of course, they were still very terrified of them. And that was the vibe that encapsulated, like, season one and parts of season two. So it, mm-hmm. it was cool to kind of get thrown back into that. Plus... Uh, we got those old openings and endings that were from season one and season two as well, which I yeah. was pleasantly surprised by. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of sad though. Like the, you were saying, uh, they're where they're more like in a carefree, carefree time. Right. And at, at that point for them, it was like the, like their hope was if we can kill off all the Titans or find out what's causing them, we can save humanity. Right. But like now knowing like where they come from, what it is. And it's like, there's really no hope. Like what, what mm-hmm. are we going to do if like, <laughs> especially now, like I don't want to spoil anything for season four, but like there's, there's crazy, crazy stuff going, going on right now. And so if you haven't watched it, go check it out. But, um, there's really nothing to like lean on right now. There's just like, you, they just have themselves like their friendships to lean on. And that's really about it. <laughs> right but, but, yeah. but before there was like the hope of like if we can exterminate the titans we can have a chance to live outside the walls kind of thing and that's like the carefree nature i guess that 
you're talking about. Yeah, definitely. I think it really is all about hope. And that's kind of the vibe of the first couple seasons. Because you're right. I mean, they thought they were the last facet of humanity. Like, that was it. If, if mm-hmm. the people behind the walls got wiped out, humanity was going to go extinct. And I think their master plan was, like, let's eliminate the Titans. Let's at least find, are they coming from, like, a hole in the ground somewhere? Let's go plug that up. Like, they didn't know exactly what was behind the coming of the Titans. But they thought mm-hmm. if they could stop it, then humanity could finally be free again. Uh, yeah. And it's just so bleak now that the, the, the vibes couldn't be more different. <laughs> I know. And the animation style. <laughs> yes. It was nice going back to Wit for a little bit. Yeah, I like I like Mappa. I like Wit. I love them both. But uh it was very nostalgic going back to Wit for a little bit. Oh yeah, for sure. Um what is the the, the correct order to watch these before we, before we get it really deep into like the episodes? Um because I know like the first two is like three point five and then there's like a three and a quarter, then three seven five. Like um what order would you watch it? Would you watch this right after episode three? Or would you watch it after it's all said and done? Because I feel like some of it, it like leads into like something else. But uh-huh. I don't know if it leads into like a what you already know or what you don't know yet. Because I haven't seen it in order in a long time. Yeah. So I don't really know. Like, it would would you get more out of these watching them after the fact, after knowing things, or before the fact, after? Because like the Annie one, that one you would want to know. Like after the fact, right? Like you don't you want to know like before? She, well, this is like way later though, right? Because it's like humanizing her. Mm-hmm. They did have like those episode markers, uh, and I know that the first two or the first three, I believe the the first one might have been even before uh, Aaron and crew like even joined the Survey Corps. I'm pretty sure that was like way back. Yeah, yeah, it's like a flashback because that's like when um, Hanji was trying to capture her first two Titans. Exactly, right? and then they had made progress by the time Aaron and crew joined. Uh, Mm -hmm. that had already happened and then two and three were in between like season i mean not season episode three and then the rest of the episodes like in between whenever they were training uh so i guess if you really wanted to go in order you could watch them in that order but i mean i got more out of the first episode knowing like ymir's backstory and everything so i would say Mm -hmm. i wouldn't i wouldn't personally want to start watching any of the ovas until i ended season three personally (laughs) yeah no i would agree because um like I was so confused when it was happening in front of me, like when um, Amir and uh, Reiner were like talking on that tree and Aaron uh-huh. was like kind of like waking up to it. Like that made no sense to me. I'm like, what's going on? Like I knew as much as Aaron at that point. Right. And um, now knowing it, it makes like, it's more like impactful. I guess it's like, Oh my gosh, like this, this, this has to have some symbolic meaning or something. Exactly. And uh, I don't know if you caught it, but like the, the Titan that speaks in the first OVA, he says subjects of Ymir and we don't even know that the Eldians, we don't even know they're Eldians. We just think they're humans at that point. But whenever mm-hmm. we get the reveal of Marley, we realize, oh, like Aaron and his friends are part of a race called the Eldians and they are all considered subjects of Ymir. So mm-hmm. then what that Titan said makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's the best way to watch it. Watch all three seasons of, you know, the canon AOT and then watch the OVAs, which are still canon, but kind of like yeah. out of it. Yeah. All right, well, let's jump in for episode one. So, because I want to talk more about this Titan guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was wild. Okay, but first, like, it, it takes place, right? We get, like, a perspective of some random scout's journal who got, like, lost in the wilderness, and she's trying to, like, you know, go on her own. But I think it's so funny how she's, like, writing everything down as, like, everything is happening, even though she's, like, terrified out of her mind. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, even to the point of, like, like... The brink of death. Like, I'm about to get eaten by a Titan. I'm still writing as it's happening. But it's, she's, like, saying it out loud as she's writing. Like, that is, who does that? No one does that. 
yeah i mean she was like in a panic and even as it was like picking her up and i think even as she was like in its mouth she was like cold dark scary stinks blah 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 and then she just dies like how would she even be able to write at that point how would they even be able to read like her shaky handwriting (laughs) most people are like screaming to death i know know, as we see in the show like but i guess we're supposed to interpret like that's just how strong her resolve was she's like i know i can do nothing but i'll at least preserve something for the future right yeah, I mean, she probably had to have been thinking about this for quite a while. I Remember, she's been she was walking alone by herself until she ran into this one Titan. So exactly, it was quite a while. She had to like be in the mental space to. She knew that she was probably going to die. Like she said, there was a chance she could walk all the way back to the wall, but it was extremely slim. And I think that she knew that that was going to be the end of her eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, her honestly, her death was because she was being mean. <laughs> what do you mean the the titan was just kind of just chilling there and he started and she kind of was like provoking him because she thought like he could talk back to her true right? yeah she After started asking him some very aggressive questions but how could how could she not right this is the first yeah, yeah. titan that we've ever or like humanity had ever known to speak so of course she had a million questions and she hoped that he would speak back to her but obviously he didn't say anything other than what he had initially said to her you know calling her ymir and saying that they were subjects of ymir which of course mm-hmm. she that was all gibberish to her. They know nothing exactly. about the legend of Ymir and everything. So the Titan didn't respond to her, and I think that's that is what provoked it to end up eating her. And it yeah. felt bad about it too. Like it like ate her and it was it felt like it made a mistake almost is what it seemed yeah. like. And it placed her in that I tree mean, for safekeeping. <laughs> it's like it just it couldn't help her. It couldn't help itself, right? It has the Titan Titan motives just mm-hmm. from what it is. Um But he, I think he he says that though, because like that woman isn't Amir, but she kind of has like the same like um she looks like young amir like the one that uh like this is what this is one this is from a theory that i like watched for a long time ago that's why this one came up but when amir was being like worshipped as like the amir right like they called her amir and in marley um those subjects the people once like all this stuff happened they like you know took all those people probably turned the titans and let them off like once they got in trouble and got caught for doing this thing right like worshiping amir and um that that girl looked like that emir and then so they were like this one of those people who like would go to that little church or whatever turn into a titan and then saw that that emir and then like their will for like worshiping emir was so strong that it like made that titans like whatever was in their brain to like go into their knees and be able to like force out what they were trying to say right yeah i saw a similar theory that basically said exactly that and uh there were some pictures that they i saw it on reddit that they provided and they even circled like one person that we see in season two that was part of her like congregation in Marley. And they said, mm-hmm. this is likely the Titan, the guy that became a Titan as his punishment that came and saw uh, Ilse was the girl's name who had the notebook and thought that that was Amir because she looks a lot like uh, the Amir that we know in season two. Mm-hmm. Which is wild to think about that. Mm-hmm. Like even like you turn to a Titan, but you still could still have these kind of like weird emotional attachments to certain people. And it's kind of like how Connie's mom is also in that kind of boat where like right like connie's mom like almost spoke too right but she like said something because she that did connection speak. she said yeah, i think she, she said welcome home to connie and he he like turned around and thought it was just a figment of his imagination but knowing yeah. what we know now about titans i believe she actually did say that to him exactly which is like wild <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so there's so much more we don't know about titans even though we like we don't even though we know so much about them <laughs> i know still um, a mystery in some ways but like because um even some of the normal titans can't speak and i think it, i saw something online about like how it's like their the way their vocal structure is like made like some of them can't speak like aaron attack titan can't really talk they can only like scream and the only one that can actually talk is like um uh peaks uh, right? peak and, and zeke and, can both uh, talk Zeke's, yeah. yeah 
Um, oh, but and also been- uh, the jaw, right? Not the jaw, sorry. The ha- the Warhammer Titan, because it says oh, like, yeah. Aaron Yeager, usurper Aaron Yeager, do you have any last words? <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean Eric can talk now? Because he <laughs> ate. <laughs> I don't know. Does does he like gain that skill too? <laughs> Is it yeah. transferred over? <laughs> well, probably if he's the, he's well, he's the Warhammer Titan now, so he should be able to speak. Um, yeah. Why like why wouldn't he? Um. So, uh, and that was another thing too. Like, uh, I mean, this is kind of a little bit off topic, but Aaron has all of these different titans in him, right? He has the Attack Titan, he has the Founding Titan, and he has the Warhammer Titan. Like, mm. he he should theor- theoretically be able to like transform into each, any one of these like off at a whim. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and we won't get he, like, into chooses the attack type form. Yeah. Yeah, we won't get into spoilers too much about what he chooses to do later on. But he never really does become the Warhammer. Uh, but we we do see that he uses some of the Warhammer skills. Like if he's in a tight spot, he has extra hardening that he didn't just get with like the Attack Titan or with the Founding Titan alone. Uh, exactly. But he he always does choose the Attack Titan as his form. Yeah, because it just looks cool. Like mm-hmm. this. And that's Aaron. Anime that, cool. It's for us. Yeah. It's for the audience. We're like, oh, that's Aaron. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Enough spoiling season four episodes, uh, part one. <laughs> um, but uh, so the like, Titans talking though, like she was like adamant about learning stuff about this Titan, but there, that was that one episode. I don't remember maybe season two where like the beast Titan first shows up. He like speaks to some random guy. Do you remember that? And the guy's yeah. like, so like frozen, like, what? Oh my God, this thing is talking to me. He's yep. like, Oh, interesting tool that you have. Remember like something, like, he said something like that. Yeah. He's, he looks like, Oh, how does this work? You know, this is some pretty high tech gear. Yeah. And then, of course, he's frozen in place and he's like, I'm pretty sure we speak the same language. Do you not understand me? And he can't do anything because he's just terrified. Yeah. <laughs> he's, and, and knowing Zeke now, he's just being like, like kind of a kind of mean. He's like, just like talking back to him. You know what I mean? Like he knows he can speak English. He's like, I'm pretty sure we can speak the same language. Yeah. This is a pretty cool. Like, I mean, and after all <laughs> that, too, Zeke is like, oh, you can attack him now. And we got one of the most brutal scenes, I think, in all of the anime. I don't know if you remember it, but. That that scout guy was like ripped to absolute shreds by all the titans mm. that Zeke said to go kill him. <laughs> yeah, you would think. I mean, I guess it, it, different people have different affinities, right? So like, he he was probably just terrified and didn't want to talk back to this intelligent titan. But like, he's speaking like like sane words though. So I guess yep. that freaked him out more. Like it's like I understand, I can comprehend what's going on here, and this is crazy. Yeah, I mean, they at that point, they did know that there were Titan shifters. I don't know if they knew how many there were or how widespread it would be. But mm-hmm. I think at that point, people still did look at Titans in a certain light. And they, they thought, okay, some of them might be abnormal, but we at least know to expect that they will sometimes like pass us by or they have these certain behaviors and traits that they follow. Uh, so that groundbreaking information, you know, a Titan that actually wants to have a conversation with you and have you like speak back with them is something that I think would be terrifying, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what's crazy about this episode too, so I'm not, I'm not sure if I got this correctly though. Um, so once Hanji's like reading this notebook that, uh, what, Asel, right? You said Isa, Ilsa, 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 um, she's reading the notebook from her and, um, she's curious about this Titan, right? Like she's like, I want to go find this Titan. Apparently it talked. And that's why she was so like adamant about like. I want to get these Titans to talk when she had those two captured, right? Mm-hmm. Like later. And you don't know that yet. She's just like, I, I thought she was like arbitrarily wanting them to speak. <laughs> like, I don't know why she would have thought that they could speak. Like she was just trying to like reach out to them or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny. Cause what Levi kills the Titan that spoke, right? 
Yes, I believe so. To, Be- to save somebody? Yes, because one, we- of the, one of the guys, the Levi squad, the guy that always bit his tongue came and was going to attack it. But uh, Hanji said, wait, don't do it. And then he like stopped midair and the Titan grabbed him and was about to eat him. So Levi had to kill the Titan. Yeah. And then like knowing, knowing what we know now from a couple episodes later, it's like, you know, he's not going to take any risks. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> poor Levi. Poor Levi and poor Hanji. Hanji could have had her talking Titan and... I don't know, Levi. Just but the thing is, too, though, to what did it even talk to anybody other than that that girl Ilse? But what if it had seen Ymir? You know, I don't know. A lot of things could have happened. <laughs> what if? Yeah. What if it's all actual Ymir? Exactly. That's what I'm talking. About. Thought he was worshiping. Yeah, it's crazy. Because this was this was before even Ymir joined the Survey Corps, and she may yeah. have been in contact with that Titan at some point during her training. So who knows what would have happened? <laughs> mm-hmm. Did she? That, I don't know. Titan goes on like on a rampage while he's all being trapped. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we got a lot of cool, uh, cool Arwen scenes throughout all of this too. <laughs> mm. Um, maybe not this episode as much, but later down the line. Okay. Well, I guess really that's it for that episode. We can move on to the second episode, which was, uh, the best OVA out of every single one of them. In my opinion, <laughs> this one was <laughs> talk about a change of pace. I really hadn't seen any Canon attack on Titan episodes that were like comedy oriented. Yeah. Like uh, this, one, this one did it super well though. I mean, even from the get go, we had like the typical opening, like the one that's really iconic from the first season. And you know how like Aaron's shown a lot. You seem like throwing, flying through the air and mm-hmm. you know attacking titans and all that i found it so funny that john replaced aaron in like every one of those yeah scenes. yeah yeah <laughs> that, that's what i was like wait is this this doesn't seem right <laughs> yeah like something's off about this and even like that scene where aaron goes to like attack the colossal titan you have him like going to attack and then it zooms out and john's like grinning like above him yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is john's episode maybe mm-hmm. but none of them were like that right i mean i guess annie's was kind of like that they made like a specific one just for annie's because i think yeah, those yeah. were released as like a movie type deal or you know some type of dvd package so they went like yeah, yeah. more all out with those but yeah none of the others the others were just the typical openings yeah that was funny how it was like so john orientated Jean. Uh-huh. John, Jean, Jean boy, uh, Jean boy. Uh, but yeah, it's so funny. Uh, it was this, this episode though was more, um, kind of, it was like wholesome too, though, uh-huh. in terms of like what was going on. And it kind of showed like Jean's like, um, fear of actually being in the, like joining the military. Right. But then also like him trying to like stand up and try to be like a cool guy, but realizing that like, that's not really worth it and he should respect his elders and his mom and his friends and what's going on around the world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he had almost like an entire arc in just this episode. He goes exactly. from this disrespectful person who's definitely trying to put on a persona to seem like the cool guy who, you know, has it all figured out to like, okay, you know, the reason I won this cooking contest was because I went back to my roots in my mother's cooking. Like maybe I should mm-hmm. go tell my mom I love her. Right. And it was, it was pretty exactly. heartwarming. <laughs> I know, maybe maybe like Jean a little bit more, like because before I kind of like I don't know if I like I didn't dislike him, but it was just like he like like I don't know he it seemed like he was always trying to like pick a fight or like yeah. kind of be the contrarian or like you know like be kind of eh, but this like you know like you you see the insides of him and like you know he he really does care about the people around him. He's just you know putting on an act. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I I love how Pixis is like it's gonna be a cooking contest <laughs> like what. <laughs> Like, this is so funny because you know like he's he's a drunk right he drinks all the time yeah. when it comes down to it though he's like an amazing leader but this was back in the more carefree times and during this training he's like you know what i'm gonna make this uh this whole like contest it's going to be something for me because what he really wanted was to eat an exquisite meal he even talks about like i wonder what's for dinner 
before he even knows that uh, Jean and Sasha are fighting. So, of course, he was going to go to cooking, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I think it's funny because, like, Sasha, like, obviously, she's a hunter and, like, mm. she probably cooks her own meals sometimes. And she goes out and they, like, have this epic. I don't even know where they were at. Like, were they, like, in the woods within the walls to find this giant boar? I'm like, pretty what? sure they were within the walls. No way would they, because I'm pretty sure you have to get like some sort of clearance to go outside the walls. Like it's a mm. pretty big deal. No way would they be allowed to do that just to go hunting for some boar. <laughs> I know, but like there's giant scary boars and apparently rabid dogs too. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> just like out there in the, and they're and why do they have like, I know they, it makes sense, but it's like a big space. Like it's obviously ginormous. You know, we can't tell from the animation, but it's, yeah. probably probably huge i mean it's gonna um, it's gonna so have get, enough land to like spoil the crops yeah. too for all the people that live yeah. in the walls and they have some woodlands i guess but like um because even like saucer's dad had to like move out later because they like took back the the fields to build stuff right and he was like already down to like you know we gotta we gotta move with the technology and go to civilization and mm. open the orphanage or whatever right so i don't i don't know at that point, I don't know why there's that much land for there to be like these crazy animals. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's a giant boar too, dude. It was huge. <laughs> it's funny that like she said, there's like this legend of the giant boar, and of course both parties end up finding this fable oh, yeah. boar that dude, I guess Ra- no hunters Ra- have ever been able to hunt before. <laughs> Reiner's being all like, "Uh, they're never gonna find it. It's gonna take days." And they're like, "Look at this poop. We just found poop." And he's like, "That's lucky find." He's like, "I can smell the den." And then they like have it. <laughs> it's like it's right so over dumb. the ridge. <laughs> Yeah. And it's so funny too, like knowing what we know now too, like Reiner, he's like he's all messed up in his head and his life and everything, and he's also the armored titan and all those things. I know. Like helping them find this he's probably like, What what am I doing right now? He's like, I came here to like kill these people and right now I'm helping them win a cooking contest. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is what broke Reiner. Yeah, I know. He's like, I'm about to kill them all. <laughs> For Marley. Um yeah, but it was pretty dumb for her to. I thought she was gonna cook like this extravagant meat thing with veggies and like this whole beautiful. In my this is my brain when she was like cooking and she was like going like on her weird anime cooking like a, like crazy thing. Uh-huh. Um, I thought she was gonna cook like an actual meal, but I guess it was just meat, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, she said it over and over. She's like, "All we need is just meat. Like meat wins everything." And it was just literally so a good. slab of meat with some sauce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cooked to perfection, apparently. Yeah. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but it was nice how Jean's was like, he, he had his, he had his own little epic, uh, uh, cooking scene, I guess, where he's like doing on it and like Connie and everybody are like staring. Wait, who was with him? It wasn't Connie. It, it was, was uh, Armin, Armin and Annie. Armin and Annie. Yeah. It's funny that Annie like, was a part of this too. Yeah. <laughs> and she looks so disinterested the whole time, but she like grudgingly helps him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm about to like spin all your friends like a yo-yo on a couple yeah. episodes from now. <laughs> um but the uh i uh the sorry the uh all of those cooking scenes that reminded me like how dramatic they were for how dumb it was mm-hmm. reminded me of like the death note potato chip you oh know, yeah the, from the english dub and he's like i'm going to you right with this hand and then with my left hand enter the bag and take a potato chip and eat it mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like how dramatic that is like it doesn't it makes no sense. Like he's just eating a potato chip, but that's how like that reminded me of. But the Death Note one was a little bit more dramatic for what it was. Definitely. This was this was this one had hype though because it was like a contest. Uh huh. Um, dude. Okay, let's talk about this. This was the part that made me laugh like hilariously. So like, um, 
when Pixis eats the meat for the first time <laughs> and he like goes into like a different dimension in his brain, I guess and he like, like rocket propels out and all these like Titan things. I don't know. This is so funny. Dude, like, it was so funny. He like shoots off into the air and <laughs> I guess he's in the stratosphere. He comes back down and becomes like a colossal Titan. Then you see like the whole crew, like Armin and Annie and John and everybody else are like biting their hands like Aaron and they all transform into Titans. <laughs> it's kind of funny because I think it was like Annie's Titan in the back that turned into like this yeah. angel Titan and like shines and defeats Pixis. <laughs> but little do we know at that point, I mean, if you're watching later on, you know, but if you were watching this, mm -hmm. like, in the order the OVAs were in like the season, you don't know that Annie's an actual Titan. So I thought that was really funny. But I mean, that whole montage was hilarious. I hadn't seen anything even close to something like that for Attack on Titan ever. And I know so this funny. funny enough, this was actually the first clip I've, I'd ever seen of the OVAs. I watched this probably like years ago and I thought this was like some fake like one off fan thing or something that someone made. Like, I was like, no way is this actually Attack on Titan. And then after doing research, I was like, wow, this actually is one of the OVAs. <laughs> it, it, like, it just seems so out there. Uh -huh. like, like, there's no way that this was written anywhere. And what I'm curious about for all of these, though, these weren't, like, part of the manga, though. These were, like, made to be animated and made to be, like, a part of this extra thing, right? That's what I'm thinking, too. Uh, I'm, I don't know. I can't confirm that. But that's kind of the, the vibe I got from it as well. Yeah, I feel like this, this though, is probably my favorite episode out of all of them. All, they don't even compare to this episode. After I watched this episode, I was like, this is, <laughs> this was, is, this is, the, was this the, is the peak Attack on Titan yes, content I needed. The best Attack on Titan episode I'd ever seen. I just, I just <laughs> looked it up, too. And uh, OVA means that the episode or anime was created originally as an animation and not taken from manga content or stories. So these were all standalone. Okay, that makes sense. Because um, I'm like... <laughs> But did, did the writer write these, though? I know that Isayama is in close collaboration, like, at all times with the anime, so maybe. We'd have to dig even further to find that out. But, uh, like, the, the Ilse the one especially, though, makes sense if Isayama did write that, because that's, like, mm -hmm. heavy stuff for the series. <laughs> like, like, this could be, like, a funny little fanfic, that, like a side story yeah, kind yeah. of thing that um, anybody could have wrote and just put in there. Cause it doesn't, like, affect the story at all. Uh -huh. like the story could have happened the way it does without this happening or with this happening <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh, but it creates friendships and vibes but I, I like I like to think that it is canon because Sean goes through a good little arc there yeah I like to think it's canon too and we get to see like the acuter side of Sasha too because in like the actual anime uh, you just see her like obsessed with meat and you see her like intense protecting her friends but you don't get to see like this kind of cuter side of her and it, it made me miss her because I never really liked her too much as a character like i was more indifferent towards her but yeah now like i feel like uh, it sucks that she's not in season four <laughs> yeah i know they took her away too soon mm. is that a spoiler <laughs> nah, we said we would spoil season four part one before so yeah that's part one so it, yeah if you didn't watch it, you didn't watch it part two we're still we're still hanging in there it's still going mm. <laughs> um this next episode that was a three i thought it was kind of boring i'm not gonna lie it was it was Wait. the my least favorite, I would say. It was yeah. cool because you get to see more of like Jean's development because uh, mm -hmm. he's kind of slacking off. He doesn't care about the mission that they're on. And then when Krista gets kidnapped, he kind of springs into action. And then you see him and Aaron working together. Like Jean takes his leadership skills and like gets everybody organized and they go to like save Krista. And him and Aaron are like on the front lines fighting together in sync with each other. So that was pretty cool. You never really see him and Aaron working together well as a team, uh, especially mm -hmm. because in the later episodes, Aaron's always a Titan, so he never really fights with any of his crew. 
in a human form. So it was kind of cool right. to see that. Yeah, that's weird because um, we there's not a lot of scenes, at least in even season one. Like once he once he becomes the Attack Titan, that's like what his purpose is, right? Right. Um, so yeah, you're right. I didn't even think about that when I saw that. I didn't appreciate it as much as maybe I should have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was like, yeah, after, after episode two, it's hard because <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> I was like, yeah, whatever. The only, the only, the only part I got out of the, this one was, uh, where Sasha was like, the lizard would have let us feed us for days. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> More cute Sasha moments. Oh, and the, and the Marco yeah. part at the end too, where Marco's like, John's going to be a great leader. You'll see Aaron. Aaron's like, really? Okay, sure. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, really? John? <laughs> yeah, that's the part I was going to mention too. Like the Marco again said. <laughs> mm. Poor Marco. Uh, <laughs> Poor old Marco. Marco Polo. Um, but yeah, that whole thing of them talking on the little thing about how John could be a good leader and then all that stuff. It just like, I wanted more Marco content. Yeah. Marco was was the guy in the group that would always like lift everybody up. Uh, and I feel like that's kind of lacking, especially now in our in our crew, our, the OG attack on Titan crew, uh, that positivity that he brought. So it's sad. He didn't deserve what he got. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's hardened by war by now. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's like, like we have killed multiple people yes like we've killed (laughs) civilians even at this point yes (laughs) like they didn't they didn't go into this thinking like they were gonna like kill people and civilians and innocent lives they just thought they They were just like mindless titans (laughs) yeah like we're gonna kill these monsters because they're killing us that makes sense right like they're that was justified in their head Mm -hmm. um yeah but yeah it's kind of sad no one no i I guess armin is the only one who's like the most uplifting ish yeah but even him well we won't get into that yet (laughs) yeah Poor old everybody. Um, I don't even remember what happened to Triss. They got Krista got captured by some weirdos, and then uh, John and Aaron do like some cool thing and cut the wheel or something, and the wheel breaks, and then they yeah. and then save her. That's basically the whole plot. And then they come back. Oh, and, whoa, whoa, what? I remember what I wanted to talk about in this episode. It freaked me out. Ah, uh, I don't remember there being guns. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 like. In my head, I, I thought they, like, just invented guns, like, fairly recently, because they were using, like, the ODM gear and everything, and I guess the military police had some sort of rifles th- this entire time. Yeah. And um, I didn't think about that, because I just saw their swords and everything, and uh-huh. I thought they were, like, still kind of primitive after seeing all the Marley stuff, because once you got to, like, the Marley arc, like, they were using tanks and stuff. They were, yeah. like, using real real weapons of warfare. And so I didn't really realize that they had guns until this episode and i don't remember seeing a gun until season three when um what's his name cowboy slinger shooter guy oh, comes kenny. in with yeah yeah kenny with with his weapon like his little pistols and stuff well so the whole time even in season one the mps have had guns like you mentioned you, you've seen them with the rifles uh, i think they have them like slung across their backs i definitely saw that in some of the earlier seasons you don't really see much gun use though until season three you're right so I think it would be easy to forget that there are guns. I, th- I think that at this point, it's like very uh, kind of archaic forms of the gun, like not very efficient. So they don't use them as much more of like the rifle that they actually have to like put the bullet in and put the gunpowder in. And it takes like a long time to reload. So like a musket. Yes, like a musket. Then that's why they have to use more efficient means, you know, their swords, their ODM gear. Uh, and yeah, it's it's it's, you know, you, when you go in the Marley arc, those are full on like World War type guns. So big yeah. jump. But yeah, I think they've always had them. 
Yeah. That that was the one thing that kind of like struck me about this episode uh-huh. is that they had weapons. Um, they were using they were using it against other people. So like, I was yeah. like oh gosh. And that must have been a shock to them that early on during their training that they actually had to fight other people. They didn't really talk a whole lot about it because I don't think they really killed anybody. They just saved Krista and got out. Uh, but they do make a big deal about it in season three. And then especially when we see it happen frequently in season four, that this is mm-hmm. not what they expected. Yeah. Um, Cause who says not to kill them? Mikasa is like, don't kill her. I can't remember. Or Krista. Krista. Says Krista. That, yeah, that's right. Cause she's nice. <laughs> yeah. She's nice. Nice. Nice person. Mm. <laughs> don't kill him. And she liked, I don't think it was that part. I think it was Levi episode where they like take the blade off and like there's like blood running off his neck. Yeah. Or maybe it was this episode. I don't know. I don't remember. But there's one episode though where that happens where like they're about to like slice somebody's head off with the ODM blades. But like, you know, it's like an animation. So you can't like see how like, like it's actually like sharp and it's like pressing against their neck. Uh-huh. And then when they let, when they let it go, like some of the blood. Like, I think that was the Levi trip. episode. I remember Levi yeah. being like super intense and doing yeah. that. That's crazy. Like, I'm like, ooh, <laughs> like those things, those things are sharp. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, mean, I guess they have to be to cut the nape. Yes. The nape. Okay. Here's a, uh, here's these, uh, these wonderful episodes, these four and five, dude, part one and part two, mm-hmm. the whole Levi ones. And it was kind of cool to see, because we didn't get much of this, like the whole underground thing, right? Like the underground was like talked about ish because of Kenny and Levi's like backstory, but it was never like, you never saw like people living in it right yep the only the, the only much that you've got from it was skinny little tiny about to die malnourished levi <laughs> right. and his dead mom <laughs> um that's all you that's all you really got from that but you saw like other people trying to like live and scavenge and like they talked about like how everybody here's like you know doesn't have any vitamin d or whatever because they don't get the right sun. <laughs> so their legs all fail because some of them haven't even ever seen the sun i thought it was cool that they added in too that there's like people that you have to pay a toll to if you ever want to go up the stairs and see sunlight. That seems very realistic because I'm sure that's extremely sought after if you've been born in the Undercity and have only lived there. I know. And so like it costs money to like be healthy. Yeah. Like get all humans. <laughs> I mean, it's really sad. And yeah. uh, I, didn't, I didn't even know like what the purpose of the Undercity was until this episode. And they kind of explained to you that it was like a failed project. People decided that Maybe since there's like a lack of space in the walls, we can start making like underground cities to, you know, have more space for humanity. But the project was like a failure and they scrapped it. So because they scrapped it, it's like the worst of the worst. Like it's an unfinished project that people still decide to go live in, I guess, because they really had nowhere else to go. And that made it make a lot more sense. Yeah. And it's really just sad to see like, because um, even Levi and his little squad that he has, they, they're just out there stealing stuff scavenging for food there's mm. that there's like military police but like they don't do much they're right. just kind of like <clears throat> kind of corrupt um police there anyway so they get away with whatever they want um but it was it was nice to like see levi like kind of be more of like a brother figure right like like build f- like friends right like like these are like his actual friends yep like everybody up 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 there in the surface is like his colleague i guess like the way that he treats them you know until like maybe later down, like with Hanji and everybody, and even with Arwen, like he starts to build close relationships with them. But these are like his like OG like real friends, like yep. people he grew up with. Basically, basically his family, him. yeah, yeah. After Kenny left him, um, so seeing that part of Levi was kind of like heartwarming, and um, it just hurts even more later down when all the stuff happens when they join the scout regiment, because Levi was like 
actually going to go through with the plan or whatever. Yes. From this evil guy was going to pay, pay him out to stop the scout regiment. Is that what was going on? Yeah. He, he basically, he wanted to kill Erwin because Erwin had dirt on him. There was like some operation uh, that this guy was running. I think he might've even been like a government official and Erwin was going to out him. So he needed Levi and crew to kill Erwin. And he was like, if you do that, I'll give you like official citizenship to the top side, basically like the actual city. Mm-hmm. And they're like, of course we'll do it because we want to get out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're going to get to the, the, the brutal part later. Uh, I like the scene where they're uh, Isabel is their name, right? I can't remember. Uh, uh, Levi Ferlin, Ferlin and Isabel. I think those are names, whatever. But uh, the girl, she, um, like she's like so like ecstatic about joining them after like Levi like uh stood up for her when mm-hmm. they were like gonna take her for whatever reason. I don't I don't really understand I didn't really understand the the conflict there <laughs> when those thugs came to the door and like knocked on them. Oh yeah, like, hey, those what's up? those guys were like part of the toll. Like she didn't pay her toll to go see the sunlight, and she had like gone up there because she needed to rescue some bird that had fallen. So it showed that she was like a kind hearted person. <clears throat> and oh, and they were trying to take advantage of her. Like you were doing a good thing, but we're gonna take your money. Yeah, they're like, I mean, it doesn't matter what you did it, saving this bird. You didn't pay us your toll to go up the stairs. So, you know, mm. you owe us money. It's cool, too, like the bird and like nursing it back to health. The whole theme, like it was a motif throughout the two episodes with like the falling feathers and the doves mm-hmm. and all of that. I liked how that artistically carried through to the very end. Yeah, that that stayed. Well, even her like um, emotional connection, like animals and like yeah. her, like her connection to nature was kind of like really apparent. But even like the the musical motifs were going through that. Like there's a whole like Rocky scene where they're learning how to do the ODM gear and mm-hmm. like all that stuff, right? But there's playing like this like really like cute like acoustic thing. And then as like the feather falls at the very end, there's like this, it's like all these like really, it's like a really simple chord progression. Like it's like in a major key, really pretty. And then it ends like on this like diminished like crunchy chord when the, the feather like falls. And it kind of, yes. it's like for, it's foreshadowing the thing that's going to happen yes. in part two. Dude, and so I thought that, that was so cool. So I was like, good. dude, this is, like once once I saw that feather again later, I'm like, oh no, because it does the feather first before you see the head. <laughs> uh uh-huh. Um, and I'm like, oh, like that's how Attack of Titan's so good. Like it hits you with these like things, and like this like someone who doesn't know what's going on in terms of like this like extra motif stuff, like the what birds mean, what feathers mean, typically in media, or like what, um, uh, what the certain music or chords or something means in the song, right? They don't know what that means, but you can feel it, right? Like you yep. always can just, you feel it, you hear it and you, you know, kind of, you yeah. know, you don't like it never was more it, apparent than, than that, that scene because it's like discordant, right? Like, yeah, you feel the tension and you're like, wait, this is kind of out of place because, and it's, yeah, yeah. it's accompanied by the feather falling into like this dirty puddle and like soiling this pristine white feather. So the mm-hmm. foreshadowing is splendid right there. Yeah. That was awesome. And then, uh, I, I love the, the conflict between Arwen or Erwin, Armin, Armin, <laughs> not again. <laughs> not again. Uh, the, yeah, the conflict between Erwin and Levi, right? And um, Levi is just like, you know, he's used to the military police, so he's like, how good could these scouts be? Like, whatever, right? They killed Titans, yeah, sure, whatever. And then Erwin comes out of nowhere, and he's like, kind of god tier with his his skills with the ODM stuff yeah. too, right? Like, like he he knows his stuff. It's shocking. So he, he he almost bests him, right? Yeah. And uh, I was watching this particular episode with Kalen and, you know, going into like, you know, uh, Levi's mission to kill Erwin. I was thinking like if it came down to blows and it was Levi versus Erwin, I'm not sure who would win. I was like, to Kalen, I was like, I mean, Levi would probably win, right? Because Levi's God tier. But at, at this point, she was like, I don't know. I mean, Erwin kind of has the upper hand, like he's more skilled. 
he even overtook Levi and his crew during their little chase. So at this point in time, Ervin might have been able to best Levi. Yeah. I mean, he, cause I mean, he's pretty, pretty darn good at using the ODM gear, mm-hmm. right? But he lacks real training. Like, he actually doesn't know what's like, he's doing it his own way and he, and he starts to figure out to be more efficient later, you know, right. after he gets that snarky comment from Erwin saying, like, you know, you did really good, but you're using too much stuff. And he's like, he's in what his brain was like to be offensive, right? First, like, oh, I should just let that person die. He's like, no, you could have done it, but you could have done it more efficiently. And mm-hmm. then that got to Levi, right? Like, oh, what if, like, I'm not. I'm not perfect. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, at that moment, Erwin probably might have won just because he would know how to be more efficient with the ODM gear, which is crazy. Yep. Crazy, crazy. Um, but it was a good scene. Um, I, li- I like how uh, how mean Levi was just throughout the whole thing. Like, he's still, like, kind of snarky. Like, in the back of his mind, he's like, I'm going to kill Erwin. That's what he thinks. Yep. And so when they meet the military, or they meet the the scouts for the first time and he's like you know he's not standing at like perfect you know parade rest or whatever <laughs> and they're like you're gonna learn some discipline he's like yeah whatever like, <laughs> and he like that's like openly old. disrespects his superior multiple times and doesn't care <laughs> yeah and he i guess he does later like he just like figures it out and just realizes like i mean especially once his you know his friends get we'll talk about that in a second but yeah <laughs> once all that happens I, I think he feels like you know i i'm just gonna have to call this my new home and i'm gonna do this exactly for them, i mean he, know, he, had, for he had nowhere else to faith. go and he got a taste of, you know, maybe there is something more to life and maybe he could live on and protect people because he wasn't able to protect his friends. I think that was a big motivation for him, too. Yeah. Uh, and they're talking. He's and his friends just like Ferland's like, give us hope. It's like, or have faith in us. Have faith in us, man. And he's like, you know what? I have faith. And they're like, hoorah. That was such a rough scene because, you know, Levi's an Ackerman. He has some type of intuition in a lot of in a lot of ways. And uh on this mission, you know, where they were about to leave and go outside the walls for their expedition, Levi's like, all right, this is the one I'm going to go out and I'm going to kill Erwin. It's time. And they're like, okay, we'll come with you. He's like, no, I want to do this alone. And he's, and then uh, his guy friend's like, what? You, you don't trust us? You don't think we're ready for this? Levi, in the back of his head, knows that they probably will die out there. I don't think that he didn't trust them or didn't have faith in them. He just some hunch told him that this was not a safe environment, not the time mm-hmm. for them. They weren't ready yet to go out. Uh, and it was so foreboding because you know they're going to die. These, these two people in Levi's life are no longer in his life when we meet him. So you're just like, oh, man, when are they going to die? And it has to happen, like, in the most brutal way, too. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't, it's not just like they just, like, were gone. They, like, somehow died from, like, one of these cr- most creepy-looking abnormal titans I've ever seen. <laughs> they were ripped to shreds. We don't go too graphic yes. about it, but it's pretty bad. Uh, yeah, my goodness. Um, but he like leaves. It's like a foggy scene too. Like this was all in the same day too, right? They yeah. they like went. This was this one makes it even worse. It's like they were asked to go join the scout regiment. They were doing stuff for a couple of days, training or whatever. And then on this day, it might have been maybe a week over a week after they joined the scout regiment, probably right. And they go out into the field for the first time, you know. And every time the scout regiment has gone on any expedition, it's like leads with like terrible numbers of death right of course <laughs> and um first day you know these two people have never even really seen a titan in their entire lives until this moment and they killed that first one they like oh yeah it's great happy happy go lucky we killed our first titan hoorah we're all we, we're actually good at this and then for whatever reason that whole that whole interaction with erwin that we talked about earlier about him being not efficient like put levi on edge would also but that also caused him to like 
put his friends in risk because he became more mad. And I think he was a little bit selfish on what he wanted to do because he was just like, I'm going to, I'm going to kill you in spite of you. Not because exactly. Cause he not, was insulted. Like, I don't, I, yeah. He's like, I don't even care about your whole whatever or being on the surface or whatever. I'm mad at you because I think you're better than me and I'm a little jealous, but I'm also kind of mad at you because you're making fun of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was protecting his pride almost, but that in turn had the consequence of affecting his friends because he didn't have faith in them for that one moment, I guess. Yep. Um, it's just so sad. And th- th- this all happened the same day. Like th- that was that evening too. It got all foggy or whatever. And uh-huh. they were like going and then this, uh, nasty abnormal titan comes out of nowhere it's unfortunate the motif with the feathers and stuff it's unfortunate that the fog was what caused their deaths because they had such promise you know two untrained people that had never really known how to properly use the odm gear took down a titan which some trained graduated from the training academy soldiers hadn't even done mm-hmm. so it's a big deal yeah it, it, it's tragic because you're kind of led to believe as an audience member that if that you know abnormal titan hadn't come or it hadn't been super foggy they would have grown to become great soldiers if they had stayed and become soldiers. Like if they had, for whatever reason, not gone through with the plan and all been together, they could have had a very bright future. It makes it hurt all the more. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and then they, again, they die in the most brutal way, man. Like these, we get the whole thing again with the feather on the ground. And then that moment you realizing, oh my gosh, this is, this is what actually happened. Yep. Like, um, and then Levi goes on a rampage because he's now he's seeing his friends dead. But like, I mean, he's like on the horse, right? He's like a, some guy's like, it's an abnormal and like die and he dies or whatever. And then he sees a arm on the ground. He's like, Oh oh God, (laughs) he's like going on the horse, going on the horse, going on the horse. And then he like sees the, like the whole like rampage of this crazy abnormal. Like it's not, it's like killing for fun at this point. It's not even like, like brain like brain dead it's not doing anything weird it's just like going on a rampage it doesn't even look like it's trying to eat it's just trying to slaughter (laughs) yeah um because like if there was you know you know being a little bit graphic here but there's you know a head on the ground right and normally they they go for the head first like they eat you like head first like they they don't just like rip you up for no reason right have they're like kind of they're trying to go for your spine right like your nape when they're eating you because they that's just what the titans want to be but no, there's a head on the ground. They're just savagely ripping you up. Um, but Levi goes like a Super Saiyan 10 <laughs> power level over 9,000. Yep. He goes God mode. It's, it's funny because his eyes like glow. Glow, you yeah. You don't even <laughs> like see. He doesn't anime. even look human anymore. And it reminded me so much of the scene with Zeke. Levi only really goes like God mode if he has a real bone to pick with you. Like if you've killed someone close to him. And at that point, he basically figured that Zeke had killed Erwin. Uh, he slices Zeke to bits, and this is what he does with this Titan, but on an even bigger scale. Like it, it seemed like it happened in just an instant too, and you just see like all this blood in the air. Like you know, this Titan's being cut to pieces. Levi has no remorse, and <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Dude, when he cut the the hand, he it just like slice, 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 and it like blows up. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like whoa, uh, there's not even bone in there; it's just mush. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's so crazy. He was like, uh, and he does like the like the backwards sword thing, like all cool. Mm-hmm. So he can do like the spin, exactly. Item. Like uh, that's like that's the signature Levi spin because it's like now he's like a, a blade, like a spinning blade. It's funny too. I think it was Erwin that said that you know don't hold your blades like that. It's not very efficient. But Levi, no, really, it was a uh, it was the other guy, the brown headed guy. Oh yeah, yeah, the guy that ends up dying. His his like leader or something. 
yeah, but yeah. uh it was that guy. it's funny that he never really i guess because it was that guy he never really took that advice to heart <laughs> and he carries that through to the levi we know today because that signature spinning move is what he always uses to dispatch the titans yeah and so it's so great how he's like you know mr perfect is just good all naturally good at titan killing yep ackerman at the ackerman bloodline good old ackermans uh but yeah, and at the very end, he's like on the horse. He's kind of reminiscing about what's going on. And then we see the the two birds signaling like his two friends. You know, they're like there in spirit with him as they fly away. Yeah, they fly like away. Two doves they're, or whatever. They're finally free. You know. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like glowing though. They're like glowing birds. They're like they're obviously like spiritually something, mm-hmm. um, which is nice. But it also like the whole bird thing. That's that's everywhere with like Attack on Titan with like you know the the wings of freedom. Right. Or whatever I mean, it, on the, it obviously represents freedom because birds are able to fly outside the walls. I think there's even a scene of young Aaron seeing that happen, mm-hmm. and everybody kind of yearns for that freedom. Um, and I, there's always bird motifs just throughout the whole thing, and I don't want to go too deep into like the end of the everything, but. Birds are everywhere. Yep. And they will continue <laughs> so, to be. <laughs> they will continue to be. So don't get your hopes up. Just kidding. <laughs> um, and the next two, right? This is six and seven. Mm-hmm. It's right before the make it so Yeah, this is the this is the Annie stuff. Um, I like how the, this one was I like how like um focused this one was, right? This one was like totally Annie's thing, and she goes like on her own little like detective mystery adventure. Yep. Um, and I was really, really engaged for this one too. And like, like you said, like it, it humanizes her, right? And we don't see much of her. Like, like she does some stuff, but she's like not a part of the scout regiment. So we don't get to see her interact with like, you know, our main crew. And she's, you know, hanging out with the military police the whole time. And like, we see her hanging out with her, like Hitch and other people. Um, but we don't get like a lot of like her inner monologue thoughts time with her. Right. Yep. So this was a, this was a kind of refreshing, right? Yeah, we get to know a lot more about her. We get to know that she actually does care about people. Uh, you know, she's assigned this mission by Hitch as like a favor so that Hitch can say that Annie's sick the next day because she's got her grand mission to accomplish. She's got to go capture Aaron. And, uh, you know, we've seen all of that in the second arc of season one. <clears throat> but, you know, before she does that, uh, she is assigned to go find this lost girl and she like tracks down all the clues she gets evidence she like interrogates some people it's almost like a crime tv show but along the way you know she could have stopped at certain points and she even says that she's like this is like more than enough detective work i could just go back file a report and everybody would be happy she's like why am i still pursuing this because she had grown to like care about finding this girl like she wanted to know what happened she wanted to make sure that this girl wasn't in some sinister situation and even Mm -hmm. along the way she like encounters some thugs and the the one guy, like the guy in the carriage that picks her up and kind of threatens to throw her in that vat of chemicals, when his henchman betrays him and kind of leaves him to die on the side of the road, she puts like the cigarette back in his mouth because she has like some type of mutual respect for him. So we see that Annie's not just this killing machine monster. She mm-hmm. at one point or maybe even still does care about people, which makes me angry because why you got to spin my man's like a top, you know? <laughs> 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 i feel like they should just like go back and edit and just like cut that part yeah like like the, for whatever reason like i get look i guess it looked cool or like it like i don't think it was um because it doesn't happen like that in the manga right like, it's just not spinning that if, if it, it doesn't like a, that would make sense like that seems really out of character for how they're trying to portray annie and i was talking yeah. about with kaylin because i was so mad about that particular thing and she was like i feel like they just did that for shock value like as viewers of like a visual anime that is pretty shocking to see like someone spun yeah. around like that 
Uh, but definitely out of character for Annie, especially mm -hmm. showing how she was acting the day before she literally did that. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. I mean, because she grew up getting beat her whole life mm -hmm. to be stronger by her dad. And then her dad, you know, tells her that she loves her and whatever. Yeah, it's cool that yeah, we I actually mean, got to see that, too. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I won't get into what's happening in season four, part two. But like at this point, we don't really know much of Annie's backstory and seeing what we know now is Marley, where her dad was training her. But, you know, they do a very good job of making it look like it's still on parodies because it's like the woods and it's like a cabin. So you're like, oh, maybe she's from somewhere far out, kind of like Reiner and Bertolt are. Yeah, uh, I think it's even mentioned, too, that they might have been from the same place when they all joined. But anyway, yeah. like we don't really know what made Annie such like a stern person. And you get to kind of get a glimpse of what she's fighting for at this point, because you do get mm -hmm. that scene where her dad's like, no matter what, Annie, promise me this, that you'll come back, that your father's yeah. always on your side and he loves you. And, you know, that's mm -hmm. that's a pretty big moment for her. Even if the whole world's against you, mm -hmm. know that your daddy will be with you. Something like that. And I was like, oh, that's so sad. Yep. But it makes sense why she's so, like, you know, attached to her father. Yeah. Um, and, like, that being some of her motivation. And And it gives, like, you know, she does care about people. And like, that's kind of like what she was talking about to herself, like that whole time. And like, she struggles with it. Like the whole, the, 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 I mean, the whole thing starts with her remembering, like sacrificing Marco, right. Dying, you know, like that's, that's, the, that's like, she dreams about that. Like it, it haunts her. Exactly. And she keeps trying to justify it to herself. Like, you know, this is the way it has to be, you know, whatever, whatever death, like I, I forgot what the exact words her dad basically told her, but like, whatever happens happens we got to do what we got to do kind of thing. basically yeah um and she just kind of justifies it to herself in the mirror every morning and like that kind of sucks i mean like, it's crazy because like, like he, that that marco thing probably happened months ago too so she's still mm -hmm. thinking about it and still struggles with it heavily yeah like that that hurts like that that would haunt a person and she's just making it worse for herself to justify it with mm -hmm. all these dumb things when she knows that she's like not a bad person and this is She's starting to realize like what 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 I'm doing is actually dumb. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she's still going through with it. What I still don't understand though is why, like, you know, catching Aaron was a big deal at this point. Cause they knew, I mean, they knew he was a a Titan Transformer guy, but did they know that he had the founding titan no, at that they point? They didn't know he was what they call the coordinate. They don't find that out until in the end of season two, like Aaron punches, who we now know is uh, his dad's former wife. And then starts controlling the Titan. And then Reiner's like, Aaron's the coordinate? This is so much worse than we even imagined. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. at this point, they just know that he has a shifting power. And they're like, well, Marley will definitely we want this back. Yeah. So we need yeah, to we capture need this, him. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Mm. Um, but, but, right? Uh, the attack Titan, I, Marley never had, well, Marley had it at one point, like way in the past, yeah. right? I guess so, because that one guy, the other Aaron, right? Mm -hmm. um, he had it, but once it got to his dad, um, and they joined the Bertolt's, uh, Annie and Reiner, when they joined the Scout Regiment, they were one. They were unaware that there was another Titan Shifter like among them, right? Yeah, like, they didn't know. They that. were completely surprised. Like, that, yeah, that wasn't part of the plan. Mm, not at all. <laughs> the plan was just to, like, like we're gonna you're gonna infiltrate and you're gonna blow it up from the inside out, kind of thing. Basically, right? what, I think they were was, kind of also waiting around to see if they could find the founder. I'm not sure. Like they were they were in the scouts and maybe maybe Annie like joining the MPs too. Like maybe that was always the plan so that she could get into the interior because they they figured the founder might be in there. I don't know. I'm just speculating, but that kind of makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. Um, that, that's something I was just curious about because I, I don't really remember. 
um, if they knew or not. Mm-hmm. But that makes sense why they wanted Aaron and all that stuff. Um, but more stuff about here and Annie. Do they like this? So this was like Crime Stoppers, but like not really, because <laughs> at the very at the very end, she just like finds out what's going on. And but she like I think her main motivation was like I want to know that the people that I was looking for were, are safe. Right? She didn't really care about. Okay, she's making drugs. The dad's like the the head honcho yeah. and dealing drugs. That morality she part really she didn't really care about. Yeah, yeah. Like she's like, I don't, I don't care. But she to know that this girl is safe and all the bad guys are dead. That's basically all she cared about. <laughs> and she even gave the girl a free pass. She's like, you know what? You yeah. can go make your drugs somewhere else. I'll give you this forge thing if you want to leave town. Go ahead, just be happy. And she's like, okay, thank you, and leaves. Yeah. <laughs> well, she doesn't kill anybody, right? And like she doesn't, she doesn't like she beats people up pretty bad, but she doesn't kill. Anybody. Yeah, any any never killed anybody which also makes me mad later you're right the whole yo-yo thing like spinning <laughs> why would she mindlessly that? kill almost for fun if she was like so pressed to refrain from killing <laughs> oh well then here's what i'm thinking about right now there might have been like some instances sometime in their basic training where she like had some grudges with some guys i don't know <laughs> maybe there was something out. well yeah like she was finally like just she was she wasn't picking like she was like Picking off like specific people. <laughs> Maybe so. I feel like we also Maybe, do know, know. Uh, based on like Aaron and Annie's like final fight in season one, that sometimes your Titan powers can kind of get the best of you. We saw Aaron turn almost like feral, like he was going to munch on Annie and then like go on some rampage after he bested her. So mm-hmm. maybe she was kind of in like the thrill of the moment and was feeling a little bloodthirsty and just kind of let that take over because of the inner conflict in her. You know, you never know. Yeah. So true. Yeah, whatever. I like how it ends though. She's like running toward. Um, but I, I, I thought it was kind of sad that like Hitch thought like her secret mission or whatever was like going on a date with some yeah. guy. So she gives her like this like bow, and it's like, hey, you know, you're always so you know poopy doopy. Like wear this around, so you know guys will like you. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so I thought that was kind of kind of cute but sad at the same time. Like man, little does anybody know what's about to happen. Yep. Um, but it was cool. It, it did humanize her a little bit and it made more sense, but it still, I still think about the yo-yo dude. I think about dude, the I'll yo-yo. never stop thinking about it. That was like, uh, that's what I remember whenever I think of Annie. <laughs> <laughs> that one moment, I think like it was spinning on the yo-yo. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but anyway, let's, let's finish this out with the uh, level eight here. Mikasa. Number eight. Mikasa. Um, the question mark episode. Where does this one fall? <laughs> it's funny. In our little notes app, I told you before the podcast, the only thing I wrote was Mikasa episode was weird. <laughs> it, it was weird. I thought it was going to be like them, like in the, like doing things. Uh-huh. Once I saw like the, like a uh, thumbnail or whatever, I didn't think it was going to be like a flashback episode. Like that's all it was. And it was just like her being really like weirdly protective, creepy stalkerish, and like, like, I really want to be with Aaron right now. I got to see Aaron. Is Aaron here? Oh my gosh, Aaron. Like, it was just weird. Like, I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like how she was so like, you know, I mean, I understand why she was that way, but like, I don't know. It was just weird. Yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't like Gay it. I vibes. think it was probably, mo- I, I said the Jean one, like episode three was my least favorite, but this one probably actually is my least favorite thinking back on it because it really mm-hmm. didn't have a point. Like it didn't really show us much. This whole you're led to believe that this whole episode was just like some mental uh, thing that was conjured up by Mikasa while she was facing death during one of the early season one episodes. You know, 
after Aaron's eaten by the Titan and then Armin's like, mm-hmm. it should have been me. Mikasa goes on that tyrant like rampage. She goes and kills a bunch of Titans and then she runs out of gas, falls, and she's about to die. And I think that like in that moment, like be- instead of her life flashing before her eyes, it was like an alternate life that she kind of imagined that flashed before her eyes where those guys never came and killed her parents and her and Aaron were like growing up together. They like became friends and then there was a potential of them like being happy together and even growing up further and, and progressing their relationship. But of course mm-hmm. it kind of crashes and burns at the end. Aaron still dies and it's ridiculous that it's like this hot air balloon thing, but you know, Aaron dies and Armin's like, it should have been me. And then she's reminded that this is reality. She has to accept it. Uh, and that was basically like, the whole Aaron episode. Aaron will always die. Yeah. Aaron's always going to die um, and there's nothing I can do. <laughs> dude, I guess I wasn't even paying attention at all. After <laughs> you just explained all that. Like I watched it. But I missed the, like, in my brain, I don't know why I was thinking this. Like, this was all fake. This was all fake. <laughs> this, was a, this was just like a, a imagination, Mikasa, like, just wishing, like, wishing alternate reality. Yep. Okay, so I'm taking back everything I just said, because like, she's weird, but, like, this is her being extra weird. Um, <laughs> you're right, so then it doesn't make any, any sense at all. Like, at all, at all. Because she, this, it's just, it's just her, like, like her um, fla- life flashing before her eyes in a weird way. Exactly. Right. Accepting death. And that's why she was so obsessed with Aaron because all she could think about as she was about to die was, I really wish I was with Aaron. Like, I wish I could have protected Aaron. So that's why, like, throughout yeah. the episode, okay. that's what she's, like, focused on. That's what I think, like, that yeah, all was okay. about. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. If, like, if this was all that, because for me, that just looked weird. I, th- I thought this was a flashback of her as a kid and why she was obsessed <laughs> Yeah, that would have been super strange. Like, why is Aaron still <laughs> hanging around this girl? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. So now I take it back. So I guess it's a little bit a little bit more nuanced than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. A little bit more nuanced anyway. Um, but yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I feel kind of dumb now that I didn't realize that. I mean, the parents were there the whole time. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I thought this was like before then, right? Um, because I thought that she already had known who Aaron was prior to the death of her parents, right? She had met him a couple times, yeah. But we we never what what kind of does really give it away is that her parents move into like the inner walls, like to live next oh, to Doctor Yeager, yeah. and that never happens in reality. Yeah, because I remember she she said like, oh, uh, for the safety of like, because they're about to have another baby, right? right? And they're like, oh, if you want another baby, then come closer. So if something happens, I can you know we can get the baby out or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that never happens because she wasn't. She wasn't. No, the mom was pregnant, right? When the, the, the mom people came very well might have been pregnant. I think that that's why Doctor Yeager was coming in the first place. So that makes sense. But they never yeah. got the chance to even come to term like at all or come close to it because they were murdered. And then Mikasa comes to live with Aaron like quickly after mm-hmm. that. Like, there's no yeah. talk of moving at all. Yeah, and then Aaron's with Mikasa just by default because they're living with the Yeager people. Now. Basically, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. So I take back everything about I said at the beginning where I thought she was just weird, like loving up on Aaron and it's just like, I want to be with him for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it makes sense if, you know, she wanted to be the person to save Aaron at that moment because Armin, like Armin just told her like Aaron's dead yeah, <laughs> basically. And so she's like flashbacking thinking that if I could have saved Aaron, like I wish this is what would have happened. Life would have been a lot easier. Yeah. Um, but she still dies. But 
wasn't the, what was that weird scene about like the magician guy and he's like i'm gonna turn this little girl into a killer yeah that's the scene i didn't really like a whole lot i think that was like where, where, the first instance where did that, come from? that was like the first instance i think of like reality kind of knocking in on her little image that she had created because mm-hmm. he was like i'm the mirror man and then whenever you hear him like start to like you like she looks and sees a reflection of herself right because he's got like this yeah. mirror mask on but it's like it's just her talking it's her talking back to her but it's like older her talking back to like younger her like no matter what uh-huh. you do you can't stop aaron from dying you know and you're a killer and blah 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 and that's kind of what leads to her like stabbing the guy and then it gets weird from there right uh but i think that was like the first of her dream kind of like falling apart and her returning back to reality yeah it's crazy I, I, I don't know. You're right. This probably was my, one, one of more. I mean, I, I'm sure that there's people out there who are like, this is my favorite yeah, one. Yeah, people like, definitely, I'm sure, love it. And I think we should go back. I'm not going to say anything too much, but once once we've seen like all of season four, part two, we should probably go back and talk about this a little bit because there is some stuff in here that could be dissected from mm-hmm. what's going to happen. No, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Um, well, anyway, you know our thoughts on these is great. Um, but I think that is a great place to end here. Cause I feel like we could talk about this for a hundred years. Definitely be good. <laughs> <laughs> all, all these episodes, but uh, we, we were still riding the hype of attack on Titan for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> I, I know with all these more episodes coming out. So I'm hoping everyone out there, y'all are watching them and keeping up to date. Cause we will definitely be talking about it as soon as the last episode drops and, or if there's a cliffhanger and, or if there's a movie and, or if there's some crazy stuff that decides they decide to do, mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll, we will definitely be on it. Um, but my question of the day is, what is your favorite OVA episode out of the eight episodes? Or um, I guess you can put them in parts or whatever. But what is your favorite episode? Um, mine would be season favorite would be number uh, two. Just kidding. I think my, my real favorite, I think, is the part two of the Levi episode. Hmm. I think because I like the motifs. I like the way how nuanced it was. I liked like all of that extra stuff and then like getting to that point. So both of those like two is when all the more action stuff had to happened. So I like, I like that one more. Yep. What about you? Zach? Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with uh, the Annie episodes coming in second. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, I think it's a good place to end it. Go ahead and follow us on our social media stuff. It'll be all posted in the description of our podcast. But with that, Zach, I think I will see you next time. Sounds good. See ya. See ya.